welcome to Subtext and Discourse with myself, Michael Dooney. It's been a busy couple of months since our last episode, however we're back on track with post-production so you can look forward to a handful of new instalments over the next weeks. Starting today with John R. Neeson, who participated in the Jarvis Dooney Postcard Salon at the beginning of this year, and who was in Berlin during summer together with Elizabeth Gower for an artist residency with the Institute for Alice Mergelscher. Prior to that, they completed a residency in Italy, were briefly in Greece for the Athens Platform Project, and will be in Connecticut for the 2019 Site Responsive Art Residency and Biennial. You'll have to excuse the audio quality of our conversation, as this was recorded in John's studio in Vetting, so we caught a lot of traffic noises and people walking past the window. That aside, I hope you can enjoy my conversation with John Arneeson. Were you doing the residency with Institute for Alice Miglisher before Athens, or was it to coincide with that? Oh, um, because you were both here, you and Elizabeth were in Athens before you came to Berlin, weren't you? Yes. That was, that was, um, an unexpected intrusion. Oh, right. That wasn't planned or anything. No, it was, um, all what was planned was a CC in Berlin. Mm -hmm. The first thing that was planned was Berlin. Yep. And then because we were coming to Europe, we thought, oh, we'll do something else. So we applied for residency in Assisi, and then the gallery that I'm associated with in New York said they were going to the Athens platforms. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're in the area, would you like to be here? (laughs) And um, we said, oh, we're sort of in the area. Yeah. You know. So we went from uh, Assisi to Rome, Rome to Athens, for mm-hmm. about four or five days, and then back to Assisi. So it was ah, really so cool. Assisi, you were doing a different residency before you came to Berlin? Yeah. Ah, okay, this understood. So where was, where's Assisi? In Italy, or? Yeah, Assisi's out of Rome. Mm-hmm. It's very famous because of the Giotto frescoes in the, in the main church there. Yeah. It's very quiet and completely intact. And it's a UNESCO historic site, so oh, okay. so there can't be any graffiti or anything sort of contemporary. In it. So yeah. it's like being back in the Middle Ages. Well, wow. except of course, yeah, it's in Italy. And there's <laughs> lots of cars everywhere, um, and and quite a few tourists. But it's an interesting place to be. Yeah, and how long are you there for? A month with um, the side trip. Mm-hmm. Back and forward to oh, Athens. To Athens. Yeah. And then then from there directly to Berlin. Yes. Were you doing similar work? Like, because he showed me a few bits of the studio. But in in Assisi, I was doing the, the outdoor, then specific work mm-hmm. with mirrors on the easels reflecting the landscape, juxtaposed with the paint, paintings, illusionistic paintings of mirrors and landscape. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think my, obviously my introduction to your work was, I think, last year. And so that was also Institute for Alice Mugger, Yes, it was, yeah. So I saw the, the video ready-made, yeah. ready-made um, still lives. Went on to your website as well. It seems there's maybe a number of different threads or a number of different parts that you have. So there's the ready-made still lives, but then the, the mirrors. The venue-specific installations of paintings mm-hmm. that relate very much to the site. 
Yeah, because that's what you called it on the web, was Venue Referential Project. Yes. And that's since, well, as I understand, it's from 1993. Yeah. That's when I started them. That's when I started them because I got disillusioned with con conventional art galleries. <laughs> okay. Because, so you're going outside. Because the ones I was with completely went kaput. Oh, right. Owing people money and everything, and I thought, there must be another way of doing this. And a friend of mine was running at one of the first, like, artist-run spaces mm -hmm. in, Melbourne. Else? in Melbourne. In Melbourne. In a Linden, which um, was a Victorian house, so it wasn't a conventional gallery, it had windows. And I wanted to use natural light, not have the lights on. Mm -hmm. So people, and the paintings related to different times of the day. And you can't do that in most. No, that's true. In most conventional galleries, you can't. Yeah. Everything's so homogenized. Yeah. So, and at that time, I was an academic, so I didn't have to pay money yeah. from, my, uh, from my work. So that's what, when I started, and I just kept going. Oh, and it evolved okay. into these the working outside in the landscape. And when was the first time you, you went outside the space or outside the studio of the gallery? 1986. Oh, so even before this venue referential? No, no, no. no. Oh, okay. 1986, yeah. Yeah. But you were still, I guess, still working out what it was and how you were going to do it. Oh, no, that was number, I might have that date wrong, I might have meant 83. Yeah. I'm getting old, I don't remember. <laughs> no, that was, that was about number six. Okay. And it was Arthur Boyd's place on the Shoalhaven that you, one could apply for. Mm -hmm. um, and and I did the work there. They were landscapes, and the, the house has got um, French windows all the way around it. So I did these paintings that coincided with the reflections in the panels of yeah. the window, and stuck them, inserted them in the wind, the door. Ah, oh, okay. So where the mirror was. You painted what was reflected in the mirror and then replaced the mirror with yeah, the painting. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's I guess since then you've kind of carried that. One way or another, yeah. yes. Yeah. So with the ones there where you've got the cocaine and the apple and everything, that's the same I guess it's the same principle or it's the same. Yeah, well that, that was that that came from an artist run venue in Melbourne called West Space who had an annex for a while in a big shopping complex um, and they took over a disused store and people applied to use it. So they were arranged on a long shelf and the objects came from the cafeteria that was just out front at the door. Yeah. Yeah. So it related to the whole idea of merchandise and consumption and that sort of thing. I guess is what the posters yeah. do as well. Yeah, because I think even with the new work that you've shown me, everything, everything that you've made or everything that you're producing is essentially a response to your immediate surroundings. Yeah, yeah, that's what they have in common. Yeah, so they're all, if you like, figurative mm -hmm. and a response. Yeah. 
So if there's nothing to respond to, I'm very lazy. <laughs> then with the, the ready-made still lives, what yeah. started that? Like, were you taking things and putting them out somewhere? Yeah, what happened there was we moved studios to the inner city in Melbourne, mm-hmm. Collingwood. And I was painting what you might call conventional still lives. Yeah. And then I, because of the change of environment, and there's lots of lots of graffiti and street art. Yeah. I thought, how can I incorporate that into what I was doing? Like I just couldn't ignore it. Mm-hmm. So I started to take what you might call conventional still life objects out and put them on ledges around the street. Yeah. You know, like a skull on it grapes and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. and photographing and then I thought hello I don't have to do this it's already there yeah all I have to do is document it so all these things are found yeah yeah I don't move anything or I guess the only composition I get yeah is hanging the perspective that you're choosing yeah so how long had did these happen long after the mirror project the ready-made still lives? Because you were doing the mirrors, it seems like for most of your practice has been the mirrors have always played a role. Yeah, the idea of mirror or mirrored images, sometimes mm-hmm. I had, um, oh, there was one project I did at a place called Conical. The guy who ran the gallery was an artist and had half the gallery was, exactly half the gallery was um, renovated into a white space yep. and the other half of the gallery was still distressed walls and that sort of thing. Okay. So what I did there was painted replications of the distressed walls on the white walls and replications of the white walls on the distressed walls. Oh, okay. So that was sort of mirroring without actually mirrors. Yeah. Yeah. So I've done things like that. So the mirror has been not an actual mirror. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's the space reflecting onto you and then you're yeah. reproducing yeah. that. So you're, in a sense, you're kind of the mirror rather than the, yeah, like the physical yeah. object. With the still lives, I read that you sometimes reproduce them as a poster or an image and then paste it into the... Yeah, into I've done that on a few, few times. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time I did it was along the lane that leads to my studio yeah. in Melbourne. There, there just happened to be 14 blank metal panels on the side of the building. <laughs> just happened. Yeah. And um, I thought, I could use them. You know. Also, I can get some money from the council. <laughs> So I applied for that, and I, yeah, they're still there. It's pretty amazing. Oh, really? Yeah, they're still there. How um, when I began it, the wall had hardly any tagging or graffiti on it at all. Yeah. And gradually, over about three years, it's the whole thing is starting to subsume. I like it, you know, mm. the fact that it's moving over. Because initially, the taggers just did not squ- spray these words. They yeah. seem to respond to them. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. 
So, so everything, gonna, everything around it has been graffitied. Yeah, but they left it. But now, because they've been there so long, yeah. there's the odd spray on. I could clean it off because they're totally proofed, you know what I mean? Oh, right. So uh, behind a kind of protective person. Yeah, because with, with, the, with the money, I got this um, stick-on stuff. And mm-hmm. got a professional to stick it on and it's got graffiti proofing on it. But I just, oh, well, I haven't got time. And also, <laughs> also, I just thought, I like it. Yeah. And so I've documented the evolution of that as well, you know, how it's great to be subsumed. Yeah, I have to show you. That's, yeah. I think even the, I guess, the evolution of the space and how you've taken, how you've taken like a found, you, instead of inserting an object, you found them and documented them, yes. reinserted it into the space, yeah. and then other people are now responding to yeah. what so, you've, I guess, reintroduced. Yeah. You just, you can't. Being an urban dweller, you just, I can't be painting landscapes in Collingwood, you know. <laughs> How, then it seems with quite a lot of your work, and I think even that you're doing a lot of residencies and working with a lot of project spaces, a lot of it does seem to be outside of the conventional yeah, gallery context. That's deliberate. Has it been always, or you just... No, no, it started back in, is it 83 or 93? We'll have to double check that. Yeah. But it started when I... The gallery I was with in Melbourne and the gallery when I, I was with in Sydney, mm-hmm. which, who were both pretty up there sort of galleries, as far as, like Fred Williams showed with one of them. Okay. Um, just when it could. Okay. I owed money and they weren't the only galleries, and you know, the whole economy slumped or something. Yeah. And. And I thought. Was it just in Melbourne or in Sydney? Oh, uh, whole the country. Yeah. I guess I was too young. I would have been at school. Yes. You may not even have been born. No, I was born. Um, so, and I just got fed up and I thought, there's got to be another way of doing this. Also, I felt that the whole conventional gallery thing, you know, the white cube with that sustained light and everything, was actually holding back the development of what could be development mm-hmm. of painting. Yeah. Yeah. And I wrote a PhD on this actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and when I st- when I began to investigate it, I realised that the idea of integrating the architecture and the painting was something that had been done, you know, back by Giotto. Yeah. And then it gradually become that commercial product thing. And so I, I just thought there's another way of doing it. And it coincided with the rise in Melbourne of artist-run spaces and non-conventional Oh, okay. So yeah. before that, it was yeah. not really a thing? No, it wasn't really a possibility. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I know from a few of the other, let's say, later generation artists from Australia that I know, they seem to, especially in the 90s, have gone through a similar maybe disenchantment with the system and how it is and thinking how can we keep doing what we want to do but not be beholden to this system that obviously isn't sustainable because the way that it is with the gallery is sort of it, it does fluctuate and it is dependent on other economic factors. Yeah. You still want to be you still you're still going to respond to the spaces and you still going to want to create the works. You don't want to be restricted by yeah 
by other 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 factors if you don't necessarily have to be. No. Um, I mean, how has it changed then for you both? Because I guess you both live in Melbourne as well. Well, Elizabeth is. Um, she shows regularly with a commercial gallery in mm-hmm. Melbourne and um, one in Brisbane. Now I'm just wondering about how the the actual art art world landscape has then like the shift that you've grown up with or that you've witnessed from that period up until now. Like how kind of dramatically it's been, or like if that kind of switch over was. I mean, it must have been a good thing, maybe, like that the rise of project space as an artist run initiative. Oh, yes, I think it was a good thing. But it's, and this is surprising, when I talk to the Alice Moglish people mm-hmm. uh, and explain to them that what I do is not in Australia, is not considered the sort of thing a senior artist should be doing. <laughs> yeah. A senior artist should be, you know, in a commercial gallery making a lot of money painting pictures mm-hmm. that all look pretty much the same. And they're surprised, because here, I guess, the age range of artists working outside of conventional galleries is much broader yeah. than it is in Australia, because it's just assumed for a long time that the stepping stages was art school, non-commercial arts run space, commercial gallery. Yeah. I think with a lot of things in Australia, I think we do get kind of fit into, we kind of have this very prescribed way of thinking that finish school, go to university, now I have a job, okay, what age am I? I'm in my late 20s, have to get married, have to have children, have to do this. Yes. I go on holiday down south or I do whatever I do. And if you're not doing that, then people kind of look at you a bit strange, like, Hold on a minute. Why are you doing this? Why why are you going out to a club, or why are you doing <laughs> some other unusual thing that we don't do in this age bracket? Yeah. So I can yeah, certainly believe that within the cultural sector in Australia, not and it's not conforming in a sense to that sort of traditional model of I'm a senior artist, therefore I should be showing with these type of galleries. Australian gallery. Yeah. <laughs> Or whatever, yeah. Are there other people like yourself then? I mean, maybe a handful, but not many. Not many. And then what's happened is commercial galleries have started their own project spaces. Um, yeah, I've read a bit about that as well, actually, um, trying to diversify. Yeah, yeah. Or, do you, how, how do you feel about that? Is it a good thing? Do you reckon that there should be this split between the artist-run community, non-for-profit initiatives and commercial galleries selling, or if there's this overlap between the two? I think it's healthy if there's diversity, but I think the cynic in me thinks, you know, why would a commercial gallery want its own project space, but then that's how it works. Yeah. And I'll show with the Black Art Projects, a couple of guys who don't have a gallery, mm-hmm. but work on sort of pop-up basis. Yeah. yeah. And they take over space for the time of the show. And it's not necessarily galleries, but I don't know how they find someone that they manage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I see there's loads of unused spaces, even still in Berlin, like this. Oh, they're yeah. becoming yeah. less, they're becoming more difficult to come by, but yeah. they do still yeah. exist. And I think 
well, I guess speaking from the gallery's perspective, I can see the benefit of having a project space because you can then allow the artists that you work with and represent freedom to experiment. Yes. You can use the project space and make whatever you want. It doesn't matter if we sell it because that's not the point of it. The point yeah. of it is yeah. kind of building community and other things like that. Yeah. So it's, I guess it's just how they treat it really. And if they understand the, the ethos behind it. I think a lot of people do. It's just yeah. finding the right ones. So, I think it's just healthy to have the diversity. But I'm, and now a lot of, um, because in, a, in Melbourne, if you, if you belong to a commercial gallery, you probably only have a show once every two years. Yeah, I guess that's the thing. Or you have a gallery in Melbourne, a gallery in Sydney, a gallery in Brisbane, and they're also kind of two-year cycles or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Um, so a lot of established artists are applying to get work into uh, non-commercial spaces. Yeah. So it's all these sort of crossovers. Yeah. How is it with the residency situation in Australia? Because you've been over three, is this the third time you've come over to Europe? Or? Oh, I've been, I've been to Europe a few times. Yeah, oh, this is the third time in Berlin. Yeah, yeah. But prior to that, you've been to do other residencies. So yeah. this year you were in Italy, and then you come to Berlin. Last yeah. year you were in Marzahn. Was that with Greenway Projects? Or was it that different? was, that was, that was Elizabeth's gig, it wasn't my gig. Okay. As the University of Melbourne have got a studio there in that complex. Oh, okay. Yeah. And she taught there. And um, it was part of her retirement package. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, so you both were teaching at university as well? Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, I guess that makes it easier to manage, really, then. Also, you kind of got your when you a daytime practice, so you've got a full time practice. Yeah, that's what I. That's why I can afford to be a little non commercial. I could. Yeah. Also, I'm just with the main bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell her. Okay. Um, so I can afford to be. I suppose in one sense idealistic, but I guess I've always managed to to subsidise the thing with grants and residencies and things like that. Because yeah. the other thing that I did in the street was with the city, Melbourne City Council. Yeah. I got a grant from them. And I had two projects, poster projects, in the street. So, um, with ready-made still lives. That one, a version of that one, and mm-hmm. a version of that one, the blue one. So, for two weeks, a poster company kept putting these up on their posters all around the city, like they do rock and roll posters and stuff like that, yeah. So I did two projects like that, and the money I got from the city of Melbourne, I scrapped, so that's how I managed to do that. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah. Whilst you're in Berlin, then, what's work with any hoping to make while you're here? Is it always just going to be responding to space and you just seeing what happens in each new environment that you go to? Yeah, well I've only got a, a little time left because we're only here for a month this time. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's what I wanted to do. That's why I wanted to come here. I particularly wanted, when I found out that this particular space was available, 
I said, I put up my hand and said, yeah, I'll come. Mainly because the outside, the garden. Ah, oh, right, for the mirrors. Yeah, for this. But then I've got caught up with the, the window and the distortions. Yeah. yeah. No, you have to send me one. I can put it with the... I'll put it in the post so people can have a preview of it. Because it's really nice. Yeah. So that was sort of unexpected. So you have to rely on or remember that that would happen. So it can't be always so prescriptive about... I mean, that's what I feel like with all of your work. Like Serendipity plays a, mm. a massive role. Like a lot of it is just... I mean, you're seeing things that other people aren't seeing, and I guess that's what we... Which I find sort of... Um, yeah. <laughs> which I... What do, you, what do you mean? Oh, it's that. They say, oh, yeah. 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 No, no, um, I'll have a chat with Liz later as well, but when did you both meet, you and Elizabeth? Was it university or... No, 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 we met, we met um, through the Melbourne art world, and um, she'll remember how long ago it was, more than I... Neither, it must have been about 35 years ago, mm-hmm. or even longer, because we've got a son who's 32, I think, and a daughter who's 30. So, yeah, it's quite been quite a long time. Yeah, and have you made work together? Because no. Because have very established individual practices. There's never been... No, oh, we did one collaboration for, for a um, public art commission. Because, you know, I used to paint conventional still lives and I used platonic solids and those sort of things, you know, associated with um, Mirandi and that sort of thing. And Elizabeth was applying for a, um, a floor um, a commission to design a sort of terrazzo floor in a town hall. And she was about to put the application in and she said... <laughs> They also wanted something three-dimensional. <laughs> um, and I said, oh, I have these cones. You know, for the, and we, she said, oh, let's just um, put that in, photograph one of those. And we got the commission. No, we okay. have to make yeah. a, like about a five-metre-high cone out of NDF. Okay. That was the only time we worked together. It was complete nightmare. <laughs> Not the working together, but actually, oh, it looked really good as a little model. Oh, yeah. But how do you make it that much bigger? So that's, we worked together for that. Yeah. And what, was that a public installation or was it? Yeah, it's still. Um, oh, it's still there? Yeah, well, the cone's still there. It had the top knocked off at once. And oh. Then back to the, yeah. And it's made out of layers of... MDF, so it's got mm-hmm. sort of stripes around it. Now, these models I had made, you know, for the paintings, were made out of MDF all stuck, you know, yeah. together and laid, made on the lathe. But this is just a big version of that, which. Yeah. Where do you get a lathe that big? Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. And you're both travelling around doing the. You've always done the residencies together? Or well, one of, if one of us goes, the other one goes along. Well, that's nice. Because uh, there's quite a lot of other artists I know that they seem to be quite independent of their partners. And like, oh, I'm doing a residency in New York and they're in Tokyo. Or then they're, oh. they're rarely together. So I think oh, it's right. Nice yeah. Yeah. Well, we haven't tried that. It might be a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> and then after this, you know, I'm going to America. So we've just decided 
Because I got the res I got selected to be in um, something called the iPark Foundation Outdoor Biennale. Mm -hmm. It's only they only select nine people. Oh wow! Okay. And I got selected, and I only found out about that a couple of days before we left, and, um, and that's in September. So we decided, first of all, we we're going to go back and then go to America, and then we thought, but oh, we're sort of yeah, you're already here. Here, so we've just decided that we're going to stay in the northern hemisphere until the end of September. Oh, that'd be nice. Well, we can't stay in Europe more than 90 days. Oh, okay. So, a friend of mine has a, a converted mill in um, Malaga. Mm -hmm. So after this, we're going to Malaga. Then we'll go to London, and then New York. And New York's a residency, or is it next No, time? it's near Connecticut. The, re the um, residency is in Connecticut. Okay, and then there's an exhibition at the end. Yeah, it's a whole, a whole big <laughs> outdoor thing. Yeah, wow. Okay. Yeah, being So I'm doing my proposal was the oh the mirrors, yeah, yeah, but more than I usually use, set up in a in a in the landscape, and they really liked it. So so there'll be mirrors and paintings in the environment. Wow, that sounds really good. You seem to have a really busy year then you get another yeah, busy year. Yeah, yeah. So it's um evolving and a work in progress. Like life in general. Yeah, that's true. There's like life in general. Yeah, it was good showing with John. I think I mean definitely for me it's given me a lot more it's given me a much broader perspective or a greater insight into what you're doing because it really I guess just seeing the video and some of these last year at Institute of Arts in English, it didn't give me a proper impression really of what you No, did. no. So I no. think, yeah, it's been really nice. Even just coming to your studio and just yeah. seeing like a few bits around the place, yeah. it's what Yeah, it is just like somebody said to me, is that your real work? <laughs> and I said, it's not your real work, is it? That old time about the same I as me, he said to me, that's not your real work, is it? And I, and I said, well, I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with John Neeson. Up next, I'll be speaking with his partner, Elizabeth Gowan. It was good to learn more about the work they're both doing and that they're each continuing to produce and travel the world together. In the podcast description, I've included links to John's activities as well as installation images of the residency in Berlin. Thanks as always for listening. Please don't hesitate to send any comments, questions, or feedback to the episodes. And if you can, please support us on Patreon, and of course, follow us on social media for regular updates. Thanks once again. I've been Michael Dooney, and you've been listening to Subtext and Discourse.